Miracy. Many years ago, and it was neither my time nor your time, there lived a great king. And one night, that king dreamed a strange dream. He dreamed that a fox was hanging by its tail from the ceiling above his golden throne. A red fox, snarling and snapping, suspended by its red brush. When the king woke up, he called all his advisors and wise men. What could be the meaning of such a dream? But they all shook their heads and shrugged their shoulders, and not one of them could find an answer to that question. So the king ordered every grown man and woman in his kingdom to gather before the palace. Surely, he thought to himself, there must be someone in this great country who can unriddle my dream. Hi, I'm Lisa Bloom, the story coach, and you're listening to Once Upon a Business. In each episode, we explore a story, a fairy tale, folk tale, or traditional story, so that we can discover the amazing lessons relevant for business and for entrepreneurs. In answer to the king's summons to unriddle his dream, the people came from north, south, east, and west. And among them there was one, a simple farmer, who lived among the mountains far in the north. As he traveled towards the king's palace, he came to a narrow pass between two mighty mountains and curled in the dust of the road, there was a snake. As the farmer drew close, the snake lifted its thin head. Ah, traveller, stop and tell me where you are going. The farmer stopped in amazement. I'm going to the palace. The king has had a dream. And traveller, do you know the meaning of this dream? Me? I'm just a farmer. I know nothing about dreams. Well, traveller, I can tell you its meaning. And if you tell the king, he will reward you well. Then tell me, snake, tell me now. Ah, traveller, nothing comes from nothing. I will tell you only if you promise to share half of that reward with me. I promise, snake, now tell me. The king has dreamed of a fox hanging above his throne, and the dream means this. The farmer crouched and the snake lifted its thin head and whispered into his ear. The farmer listened, nodded, and continued his journey, and after some days, he joined the massing crowd before the king's palace. A trumpet sounded, the king's dream was told, and a great hush fell on the people. No one could unriddle the dream. But then, from the back of the crowd, came a voice. Majesty, Majesty, your dream means this. Bring the man forward. And the farmer was brought before the king. Majesty, your dream means this. There are times of cunning and treachery. No one is to be trusted. Your kingdom is like a den of foxes. The king nodded and smiled. The dream is well read. From beneath his throne, he took two bags of gold and gave them to the farmer. And the farmer set off for home. But he was careful to avoid the pass between the mountains. He went the longer way round and kept all the gold for himself. Time passed. Then one night the king dreamed a second dream. He dreamed that a sword was hanging by a hair from the ceiling above his throne, a sharpened sword flashing and spinning suspended by a fine thread. And when he woke up, he called his messengers, Go and fetch that farmer from the north. When the farmer received the king's message, his heart sank. 
but he knew there was only one thing for it, and he set off along the narrow pass between the two mountains. Snake, snake! There was no answer. Snake, snake, I need your help again! Ah, traveller, I am here. The king has had a second dream. I know, and I will tell you its meaning, but only if you truly promise to share half of your reward with me. This time, snake, I truly promise. The king has dreamed of a sword hanging above his throne, and the dream means this. And the snake whispered into the farmer's ear. The farmer continued his journey, and after some days he was standing before the king's throne. Majesty, your dream means this. There are times of anger and warfare. Your enemies are preparing for battle. Your kingdom is bristling with sharpened swords. The king nodded and smiled. The dream is well read. He gave the farmer four bags of gold, and he prepared himself for battle. As for the farmer, this time he followed the narrow path between the mountains. But when he saw the snake curled in the dust of the road waiting for him, he was filled with anger and he drew his knife. Ha, traveller, you have brought me my share. You'll have nothing but a black stone and a cinder. He chased the snake and hacked off its tail with his knife, and he kept all the gold for himself. And time passed. Then one night the king dreamed a third dream. He dreamed that the carcass of a sheep was hanging by its legs from the ceiling above his golden throne, a fat, dressed carcass skinned and split like meat in a butcher's shop. When the king woke, he sent his messengers to fetch the farmer again, and the farmer knew there was only one thing for it. Swallowing his pride, he set out for the third time along the narrow pass between the mountains. Snake, please, snake, forgive me. There was no answer. Snake, I need you again. Ah, traveller, I am here. Snake, I beg you to forgive me. The king has dreamed again. I know, and I will tell you the meaning, if this time you swear to share your reward with me. I swear, half will be yours. The king has dreamed of a sheep's carcass hanging above his throne, and the dream means this. When the farmer had heard, he continued his journey until he stood before the king's throne. Majesty, your dream means this. These are times of ease and generosity. Every belly in the land is full. Your kingdom is like a fat carcass giving peace and plenty to all. The king nodded and smiled. The dream is well read. He gave the farmer six bags of gold, and the farmer made his way straight back to the pass between the mountains. Snake, snake! The snake came, and the farmer knelt beside it with tears in his eyes. Snake, now you must take all these six bags of gold, for truly it is half of all that I have won, and I have no words to tell you my shame at having treated you so badly. But the snake lifted its thin head and shook it sadly from side to side. Traveller, traveller, you have done no wrong. There is no blame. You are just one among many. When the kingdom was like a den of foxes, you too were treacherous and cunning, and you went home the other way. When the kingdom was bristling with sharpened swords, you too were quick to anger and you cut off my tail. And now the kingdom is like a fat carcass giving peace and plenty to all. You too are suddenly filled with kindness and you offer me your gold. But, traveller, what use have I, the oldest of the old and the wisest of the wise, for your paltry gold? Keep it and go in peace." With that, the snake slid into a crack in the rock and was gone, and the farmer swung the bags over his shoulders 
and continued on his journey, but suddenly the gold seemed heavy against his back. This story was rewritten from a Georgian tale by Hugh Lupton. Dream interpretation dates back to early times, and in truth, for as long as we have been able to talk about our dreams, we've been fascinated with them and have tried to understand them. In ancient times, sometimes people struggled to distinguish between the dream world and the waking world. They saw that the dream world was more powerful and an extension of reality. In the Greek and Roman eras, dreams were seen in a religious context. They were believed to be direct messages from the gods. Or they were messages from the dead. In this era, people looked to their dreams to find solutions or figure out what action to take. They believed dreams forewarned and predicted the future. There were special shrines built where people could go sleep in hopes that a message would be passed to them through their dreams. The belief in the power of a dream was so strong that it even dictated the actions of political and military leaders. Sometimes the dream interpreters accompanied those leaders into battle so that they could help with war strategy. How powerful was the belief in dreams? And of course, it's not unfamiliar to us from biblical times. So here we have a story that's all about dreams and the intense demand of the king to have his dream interpreted. So much so that he demands that every person gather at the palace so that they could figure out his dream. What's interesting is that the story never speaks to why the king wants his dreams unriddled. All he says to the farmer as he interprets the dream is, the dream is well read. And what he does with that knowledge? We don't really know. I guess it guides his actions. But instead, the story focuses on the farmer and his greed. He makes a promise to the snake that he will share the reward in return for getting the explanation of the dreams. But the farmer never follows through on his promise. Instead, he avoids the pass where the snake can be found and takes the gold home. It seems inconceivable that the farmer would completely ignore his agreement and pocket all the gold, and yet it's such a common human foible. We forget our promises when our luck turns. It's sometimes hard to remember our promises, and this theme shows up in a lot of fairy tales. We make a deal with the devil and then think we can get away with it. It reminds me of the short-sighted thinking that can happen in business. It's so easy to forget to acknowledge the help we've received along the way when suddenly our luck turns and we have big wins. I think of the times that you hear of the entrepreneurs who did just one thing and the result was tens of thousands of dollars, the, the overnight success. When in reality, there was 10 years of striving and pushing and learning and often being helped before the big breakthrough. Our memory gets short in those times. And it's unfortunate because, well, because it's not true and it's deceiving. And greed is a tricky one. We can get caught at the most unexpected times. I remember working with a partner who introduced me to a business contact that proved to be very valuable for me. We had an agreement in place where we shared the revenue. But over time, I was doing the bulk of the work. They were contacting me directly and I was designing the programs and delivering the service. And I became disgruntled that I would have to give her her cut. Ultimately, I tried to make the break. And in honesty, I think it came from greed. When I pushed back, I saw that she had also charged the client a few times without sharing with me. In this case, we were both motivated by greed and it was a huge lesson for me. Luckily, it was early on in my career, and I can feel better in the knowledge that I was young and inexperienced. But in reality, there was no excuse for it, and I'm not proud of how I behaved. 
And the other party's dishonesty did not justify my greed. I didn't have to be a product of the environment I was in. Still, we live and learn, and it's a cruel reminder of how greed can sneak up on you and present with such righteousness that you can be fooled. Back to the story. It's nice to see the snake as a wise character in this story. So often snakes are portrayed as evil and conniving. Here the snake is forgiving and patient and wise. He doesn't hold any grievance against the farmer despite his betrayal, but simply shares with him the learning and sees him as a victim of his environment. He behaves as all those in the nation behave. It's natural. The farmer, understanding the lesson, gets to keep the gold, but realizes the weight of his behavior, and suddenly the prize does not seem quite so rich. We do carry the weight of our deeds in subtle ways. This is such a strong metaphor as the farmer, the poor farmer, is weighed down by the heaviness of the gold on his shoulders. I wonder, is the snake right? Are we all a product of our environment, destined to never stretch beyond those influences that surround us? I like to think not. I'd like to believe we all have the potential to do the right thing, to stand up for what we believe in, even if it's unpopular, to really be the change that we want to see. I'm Lisa Bloom, and you've been listening to Once Upon a Business. You can find out more about me at story-coach.com. That's story-coach.com. Once Upon a Business is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Course Lab. This episode of Once Upon a Business was produced by Cynthia Lam. Mishi Lance assembled the episode. Danny Inney is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. To catch the episodes that are coming up on Once Upon a Business, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It really does help us out. Thank you. We'll see you next time.